I'm going to invite up Pastor Sunny. Ladies, you can have your seat. I'm going to invite Pastor Sunny up, yeah. and she's going to introduce Pastor Diane. Welcome, everyone. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you look good. Come on. You look good. Look to the other neighbor and say, whoa, you look awesome, huh? <laughs> you know, I love seeing every one of you here from both Emerville and San Francisco campus. And Nancy, that you, the sexy Nancy right there, beautiful, right, inside and out. She's from the Ark Ministries of Berkeley, right? Our sister church also. So we're so glad that we're all here. Uh, I want to introduce you to our speaker, Pastor Diane Daniels, is Benjamin and my spiritual mama. And I, I want to read you um, this little thing that defines her. Diane Daniels, she says, who I am is not defined by what I do. Diane embraces life and sees the God and the good in whatever comes her way. She is a Jesus lover, resilient, compassionate, genuine, and fearless. Pastor Diane's been married to Pastor Robert Daniels, our spiritual papa, for 35 years. Yay! They have three beautiful grown-up children. Uh, they both pastored the city of the Lord Zion for uh, pastoring for 25 years, right? Diane, Pastor Diane is a vice president, right, uh, at commercial car sales at MUFG Union Bank in San Francisco. You know, she worked more than 28 years for American Express and Citibank and all that, right? And generated this one, right, this little woman of God, right, generated over $1 billion in new business as an individual contributor. That's amazing, right? She... She's amazing, right? She's also the author of One, One Flesh, Great Sex. Yeah, we could say that in church. Great Sex for the Rest of Your Life, right? Her favorite scripture is Philippians 4, 6, which says, be anxious for nothing, right? So will you rise with me and just clap for my spiritual mama, Pastor Diane Daniel? Thank you, thank you, thank you very much, Pastor Sonny, and thank you to Pastor Nicole, and thank you for everyone that's here. I'm, I'm just honored to be here. I think uh, the panel was so extraordinary, so I am going to take 20 minutes, I promise. I have been given 20 minutes, and I just want to um, put this down just for one sec. Well, thank you again. Uh, again, it's an honor to be here. Uh, I don't take it lightly uh, to stand before you powerful women of God. Thank you for coming. And I just want to open in prayer. And I did thank Sister Nicole for the invitation and Pastor Sonny for that introduction. Father, we bless you. We thank you, Lord. We honor you. We thank you for everything that's gone forth. Lord, we thank you uh, that you give us wisdom and you give us understanding. I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, would be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer, I pray for the hearers of the word. Lord, let faith come into our heart. Let us be filled with your spirit. And Lord, let every woman here come away with a nugget to improve her life and to uh, just bring wholeness and 
fullness in every area of our lives, of all of our lives. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I am going to share tonight on living in God's presence in every season of your life. Uh, the title here is Fulfilled, and we're going to uh, just take a look at fulfillment and what it looks like in the different stages of our lives. So my, my scripture that I'm going to use tonight is actually from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. And it states, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Say that with me. He has made everything beautiful in its time. So I'm going to need you all to help me teach this word, and it, I hope it'll be fun. So I'll start by reading um, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. It says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear down and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. And for all the single women out there, it says there's a time to make love, so there's a time to make love, and there's a time to abstain, a time for war and a time for peace. So God has made everything beautiful in his time. And we're going to share real briefly about the seasons of our lives. And because I only have 20 minutes, we're going to fast track right to age 20. Okay, and and the, and one of the things that I want to share with us tonight is that God's uh, timing is really one of the keys to living a fulfilled life. Uh, living in His presence, we we touched on that during the question and answer period, when we're in His presence, when we're praying, when we're seeking His face, He guides us through those seasons of our lives. So first, I'm going to give you just, and I'm a teacher by nature. I taught Sunday school; that's my kind of role at the church. But I'm a teacher, so a season according to um, Webster, Webster's Dictionary, is a time characterized by a particular circumstance or feature. It's a suitable or a natural time or occasions. So again, we're going to start in the first season of our lives. For the purpose of this teaching, we're going to start with ladies from age 20 to 35. Can you raise your hand? We have anybody here under 20? Oh, we have, oh, 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 Okay. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to adjust our message then. We're going to start with who's 19, 18, 17, 18, 18. Okay, we have 18. Anybody younger than 18? Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. All right. So we're going to adjust that. We're going to start with age. We're going to say 18 to 35. All right. So I want you to say this with me. I'm a single. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me back up again. I'm saved. I'm single. And I'm satisfied. Say it like you believe it. Say, I'm saved. That means you're baptized. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You've been bought by the blood of Jesus. You're saved. Amen. We want to establish that. You're single and you're satisfied. For you, ladies, this is your season of preparation. It's your season of pampering. And it's your season of perfection, meaning God is perfecting you. This is a joyous time in your life. And even if you're past that 35, and you might be still single, you're in the same category, okay? 
But again, this is a time when you're, you may be, the younger ladies, you may be finishing high school or you may be finishing college or you may have finished college. You may have your first car, your first job, your first home or uh, your first credit card. This is that season where you're finding out who you are. You're getting to know you. You're, uh, as we were stating, you're finding out your likes and your dislikes, your wants, your needs. You're exploring who you are. God is creating your identity in you. And this is a season where most women, when we get in this age group, especially in our mid-20s, we forget, well, we tend to think that we have a clock that's ticking. And we want to get married, you know, we want to find that special someone. But I want you to understand, you can't rush through this season of your life. This is a very vital time. And one thing I want you to understand, you're never going to go this way again. You don't, you don't go back and say, oh, I want to be 22 again. It's not going to happen. You know, you have more energy. You have more life. And one thing I can tell you, your spirit never ages, but your body does. Okay? So believe me, everything starts hanging down as you get older. Okay? I'm noticing that. I'm 59. And so I'm, I'm really really notice it. I said, God, I can't move like I used to move. I used to walk this city. I even been to this place a couple of times. When I was in Amex, I had this territory, so I knew the city like the back of my hand. And I worked right downtown. I have to get off BART. This is just a little testimony. I have to get off BART at Market Street, and I have to walk like four blocks. And I can't walk as fast as I used to. So I'm not 22. I'm, a, I'm an older woman now. So I'm saying to all you beautiful young women that are anywhere from 18 to 35, this is your season of life and vitality. So don't rush through it, okay? You're not going to come this way again. I want to give you um, some wisdom real briefly. In the Song of Solomon, it states, oh, and I need to share this one thing with you too. This is your season for being the bride of Christ. You are married to the Lord. As Nancy was saying, I don't know if she's still here. The Lord is your lover. He's the one that's going to woo you. He's the one that's going to hold you through his word and through, his, uh, through the Holy Spirit. So the Lord is your lover, okay? And you're not to look for a man. I need to share this with you. I always tell young women this. Never look for a man, okay? You're not waiting on a man. You're actually waiting on God. You're not waiting on a man. You're waiting on the Lord, okay? That, that should give you some comfort because you got the best man right now. I mean, the real best man. Because he doesn't mean they good, but you know, I ain't going to hate. But anyway, you've got a, a lover that will never, ever let you down. He won't be, uh, you know, fussing at you and telling you what you got to do and what you should do and what you shouldn't have done. This is your best time. You're married to the, you're the bride of Christ. You truly are the bride of Christ, okay? So you don't want to go looking for a man. This is your time to draw near to God, to hear his voice. Uh, to be intimate with him, to spend time in prayer and meditation. This is your time of ministry. This is one of the better times. I won't say the better, but this is where you have time to build community, uh, to minister. Uh, to you, We're ministers wherever we go, but this is a time that God has set aside for you so you can go cl draw closer to him. And in Song of Solomon, verse 1 through 8, it says, If you do not know where he is, meaning if you do not know where your lover is, O fairest among women, Run along, follow the tracks of the flock, and pasture your young goats by the tents of the shepherds. Now, I thought that was an interesting scripture that the Lord gave me about this. But what Solomon is saying to this Shulamite girl is because she doesn't know where her lover is right now, her job is to tend the sheep. 
So because God hasn't presented you to your man right now, your job is to de develop your career, is to develop you, is to, uh, you know, perfect yourself. So that's what you're to do right now. Again, you're not to go looking for a man. Another thing I want to sell, uh, share with single women is that don't flirt with another woman's husband or don't flirt with another woman's boyfriend. Because, you know, you'll do it unawarely. I have, to, and I have to share this with you because the way you get a man is the way you're going to have to keep him. Meaning, if you get a man, uh, if you steal someone else's man, yeah, you know what I mean. I don't, I, I, there's no condemnation, but I'm saying for the young single girls and women, if you get a man by wooing him and taking him from another woman, that's really not your man, especially if he's married, okay? If he's married, now I know we've all fallen short of the glory of God, but I want, remember I told you, when you know better, you do better. So if you're, if you're tempted to uh, flirt or, you know, kind of throw some uh, into another woman's husband, that's wrong. God can't honor that. So I just wanted to share that with you. And then again, for the married women, and I'm going to touch on marriage in a minute, the married women, um, you have to make sure that you're taking care of your man. You don't want your man to have a wandering eye. And I'm, I'll share more about intimacy and oneness in the book. But that's, these are things I have to tell you because we're all women. I, this is a good time to, to share this information, okay? So all the single ladies, remember, you're saved, you're single, and you're satisfied. Okay, and, and in conclusion, we're going to move to the next group of women. But in conclusion, the single woman right now, she's saved. She's to keep her mind on Christ. He's going to keep you in perfect peace. And you're also not to stir up love before time. I kind of touched on this in the Song of Solomon 8.4. It says, I charge you, and I'm going to say, I charge you, O daughters. Of, I can't say sons and daughters, but I charge you, daughters. Do not stir up or awaken love before time. And how you stir up love is when you're, you're, you're doing heavy kissing and, you know, those kind of things. When you're dating, don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to fall. If you have to go on a group date or if you can say, well, you know, I'll give you a little kiss on the cheek, but you got to go now. You do that. But don't have your man come to your house and he on the couch and y'all saved and, you know, the Lord knows. Don't put yourself in that situation, okay? I always tell my daughters, I said, honey, don't put yourself in a situation where you can be tempted. God will make a way of escape, but he does give you wisdom, okay? And so we have to uh, have wisdom when we're doing that. So that's what we're going to say. And I want to say this last thing for the single lady. Say this with me. Say saved, single, and satisfied. He's preparing me. And he has a man for me. God's got a man just for you. And I always say this. If you holy five, I mean a holy woman, if you pray, I believe God will create a man for you. And that's why I'm believing for Nancy. I, you know, he's a creative God, right? And uh, the scripture says in Habakkuk 2, he says, write the vision down and make it plain. And though it tarry, it will come to pass. And I'm going to share something with you. You're not too old. You're not too old. I had a woman many years ago, maybe about 10, 15 years ago. She was like 47, and in her late 40s. And she had had two husbands. And uh, I, I said, the Lord's going to give you a husband. And she said, girl, you out of your mind. And this woman was a saved woman. The Lord gave her a man that looked like a, a, a soap opera star. He was just that fine. 
And she had been married, she had been married twice. So I say that to say, if you make your request known to the Lord, he will make a man for you single ladies. And you young girls, y'all really got an advantage on us. You can start now. You can make your list. Tell the Lord what you want. You can tell him the height, the color. You can even tell him you want a man with some money. Okay? Now, you all remember Esther? You all remember Esther? And you remember Ruth? Ruth married a Boaz, right? And Boaz was old, but he was rich. Amen? (laughs) So, I ain't saying you have to get a sugar daddy. But somebody's got to marry a rich man, right? So, why why not let it be you, okay? I'm just, I'm just really teasing with you now. I want you to be free. So why not, right? And he can love the Lord. He can be filled with the Holy Ghost. He can speak in tongues. And he can have some money so you can shop at Nordstrom. All right? Come on now. All right. So say this with me. He has made everything beautiful in its time. So your singleness, your stage of singleness, of being single, satisfied, saved, God has made that for you in this time. All right, so we're going to move on now. Oh, I think I hope I'm doing good on time. Okay, the next stage is the age between 35 and 45. That's a, that's a second stage of our lives. Or even you might be a little older, but we're going to just, for, you, for the sake of this teaching, we're going to say the age between 35 and 45. And I call this your beautiful building and bountiful season. This is your season of skillful living. This is your fruitful season. This is a season where probably the majority of the women here are in or about to go into. This is your due season. This is your Proverbs 31 season. In this season, you might be married. You might have a couple of children, or you might not have any children. And you might uh, be working in corporate America, or you might be a homemaker. Uh, You know, you have a lot of responsibility. You might be in full-time ministry. You know, you're trying to juggle a man, you're trying to juggle these children and homework and soccer classes and piano lessons. You're just doing a lot of things. And this is a time where you may feel overwhelmed. You may feel like, Lord, I don't know how much I can do, how much more I can take. You, you, you may have a lot of uh, ambiguity around your life right now. But I want to give you some good news. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I want you to know this, that you can have a, everybody's life doesn't look quite the same. And we all know that because we're all needed. We all are necessary. We all have different functions, different assignments. But God taught me this. He said, Diane, you can be a Proverbs 31 woman. You can live a skillful life. You can build your house. And the scripture that he gave me in Proverbs 14, 1, it says, the, say this with me, the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. Do you know what that means? Let me share something with you ladies. No one will never know what's going on in your house until you tell them. Okay? Don't tell your mom. Don't, I'm telling you things that I've learned. Don't tell your mama all your business. I used to, because my mother lived out of town, I used to run and tell her everything Robert did. Mama, you know what he did? Oh, no, 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 no. And so, and don't tell your girlfriend. You talk to your, about your husband to the Lord. Don't tear your husband down with your words. Let me tell you how a wise woman builds her house. A wise woman builds her house with her words. You, women, we build with our words. That's how we build. 
God spoke the entire universe into existence with his words. Women, we prophesy over our men. If your man ain't acting right, you begin to prophesy to him. Say he's a mighty man of God. If he's lazy, say he is a diligent, hard-working man. <laughs> he is a powerful man of God. Anything that he's not, you prophesy and say that he is, and watch him become it. All right? That you have that much power. Women are so powerful. God called wisdom a woman. Did you know that? He called wisdom a woman. So you are a woman of wisdom. You're skillful. You're smart. There's nobody like women. Nobody. Okay? So what we want to do is, and another thing too, we have to rely on the Holy Spirit. The paraclete. He's our helper. You, you're, you're, you've, you're given to help your husband or your, house, your spouse, but the Holy Spirit is given to help us, okay? So what we do is we make a plan, and we commit our plans to the Lord, and we watch our plans succeed, okay? I'm going to keep going. I was going to talk a little bit about uh, submission, but I don't think I'm going to have time, but I'll keep going. A wise woman in Proverbs 31, she speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Kindness is on her tongue. Another thing, ladies, when you're a married woman, you don't, your husband is not your child, meaning you don't nag him. You don't, even though it may feel like he's your child, because, you know, it feels like somebody else you have to take care of, but he's not your child. He's your man. So men need to be respected. And you know how you respect them? You respect them by encouraging them and, and giving them reverence, and you, you give them respect. Women need love. Men need respect. And they need great sex, too. That's another thing a man needs. But we're going to keep moving with this right now. They, they really do, and I'll, I'll let you read the book to find out why. But you have to respect your man. It says, let your words, it says uh, in Proverbs 15 and 11, it said, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in, setting a, in settings of silver. So our words have to be sweet. Our words have to be nourishing, not only to our children, but to our coworkers, to our bosses, to our senior leadership. You have to speak into people's lives what you want to see in them. I'm working on a team of people, and I'm beginning to speak. Because I came from one company, and we do things differently at one company versus how we do things at another at this new company. And so I'm learning how to speak to the new team that I'm on, and I'm seeing change. I'm seeing things you know, grow and get better. But we can't, you know, like um, Nancy was saying about how the enemy gets in your head and he'll have you just saying, saying things as they are. But the scripture says we have the God kind of faith that we call things to be as though they should be, meaning we speak what we want to see in someone's life. So that's what you want to, that's what I'm trying to uh, explain to you. You have to speak what you want to see. If, again, if things aren't the way they are, you speak life to them and they'll, they'll change. And um, I, this is another thing about this virtuous woman. She's a woman of strength. She's industrious. She's a woman of spirit. She has command of her own spirit. And that's one thing as women, because we're so sensitive, sometimes we can get in the flesh and we can begin to fight in the flesh and not in the spirit. And God wants us to be spiritually minded and not so carnal. And, you know, um, sometimes your feelings and your senses will lie to you, okay? Your feelings can really lie to you. You can be thinking something, and it can be totally wrong, and that's the enemy. And what he wants to do is he wants you to get, to get you into a fleshly battle. But we're powerful women. We're women of prayer. We're women of intercession. So that's how we overcome, you know, by praying. And um, let me tell you uh, the, 
the last thing for the women, women, women in this category, I, I said pop. See, I'm a, see, I'm a, I'm a pop woman. See, I'm, say this. I, I am a pop woman. And let me tell you what that means. That means you know how to prioritize, you know how to organize, and you know how to prophesy. Okay? You know how to prioritize. Prioritizing is so critical, especially during this stage where you're, you're juggling, you have so many things going on. And when you prioritize something, you say, what is the most important thing that I need to get done? That's what I had to learn when I was traveling and working and having a church and having a husband and having three children. I say, Lord, what is the most important thing? He told me, I grew up in a very clean house. My mother was immaculate. It was seven children. We had the cleanest house. So I had this thing in my mind that I had to have the cleanest house in the world, but it was almost killing me. So I said, what's more important? Can, do, I, do I wash the dishes tonight or do I make love to my husband? I said, well, I better start making love to this man so he won't be crazy. Because I was so busy. So I'm saying all that to say, and it's more to life than making love, but it's very important. But I want to share with you, you have to prioritize. You have to see what can, what can wait and what is urgent, what's needed. Being with your children, what is more important, you know, helping them with their homework than, you know, cleaning the bathroom or even washing a load of clothes. And I'm going to tell you something. Once I started making him the major priority, he started washing all the clothes, doing all the dishes, doing all the grocery shopping. I mean, just a really big help. So we have to prioritize. Another thing as a pop woman, when you're a pop woman, you have to organize. Anything organized becomes a force. That's why the United States is the richest nation and the most powerful nation in the world. You know why we are? Anybody know why? We have an organized army. We don't even have the most minerals in our nation, but we are, the U.S., the reason why we're the greatest superpower is because of our military force. We're organized. So I notice sometimes I am a little disorganized. I go every Thanksgiving, I think I buy two or three nutmegs. So I looked in my cabinet one time, I had 10, 10 cans of nutmeg. <laughs> so, and that's money I'm wasting, right? So anything that we organize, anything that you structure becomes wealth. And as you organize your home, just, you know, they have that lady, I can't think of on the internet. She says, bring moment, what's her name? Oh, I like her. You, you just take one little thing at a time, organize one drawer at a time. Just organize one cabinet at a time. Organize the children's clothes. Anything organized becomes wealth. And then you prophesy, ladies. I can't stress this enough. You have to begin to speak. You call those things that not as though they were. You utter the divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That's really important, okay? And another thing that I want to share with you, when we stop complaining, because I was a real complainer. I was a real murmurer. The Lord said, if, told me, this is for me now, if you stop complaining, God will renew your strength, and he'll give you wisdom to do everything you have to do. I was determined to work out today. I said, Lord, I'm going to run because I'm on this exercise thing. I'm trying to keep my word. And I said, you know I don't have time to exercise, Holy Spirit. So he said, Diane, this is what you do. You get your paper and you read. And I ran for 30 minutes on the treadmill while I was reading over my lesson. So the Lord will give you wisdom. That's a little thing because I was trying to say, how am I going to fit this in? The Lord will give you wisdom in how to organize, how to prioritize, and how to get things done that you need to get done. The Holy Spirit knows what you need to get done, even on your job. I'm going to share this with you. You can do this on your job. I'll give you a quick testimony. I was in um, 
maybe five years ago, I had a quota. I've always had a quota with American Express, about a million or $2 million a month. So one day, I was, I'm in sales, so I had to sell. One day, I'm sitting at my desk. It's about 11 o'clock in the morning. I said, Lord, who, who, who needs to sign? Who, who can I go to today to close some business? Because I had to close 10 accounts a month. So I went, this was on a Wednesday. I heard the Holy Spirit say, go to Napa. And I said, go to Napa? You know what time it is? This is how I talk to the, back to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I live in Oakland. That's about an hour and a half drive. So I get in my car, and I'm driving to Napa. And then I heard the Spirit say, keep going, keep going. Go to Calistoga. I said, Calistoga? I'm going to get home at 8 o'clock at night. I made it there about 1 o'clock, maybe 1.30. To make a long story short, I sold seven accounts in that one afternoon. I met one gentleman who had four restaurants. Timing is everything. I told you, the Holy Spirit knows. I sold four, I sold four to him, and then I sold a little, three little small accounts in one afternoon, in one city. I said, thank you, Lord. I want to hear from you more. So I'm saying all this to say the Holy Spirit knows how to organize your day. He knows how to speak to you. He can do it on your job. Whatever area of business you're in, not only can you flourish, but you can be a top performer. I don't know if you all use those terms. You can be a key contributor. You know, you can do OKRs and all of that, objective key results. You can be extremely successful because we got the Holy Ghost. All right? I, was, I, I can give you so many testimonies. I was in a meeting right here in San Francisco many years ago, a uh, meeting with a restaurant owner, and I said something to him, and he said, how did you know that? Well, the Holy Spirit had told me. I can't go into too much detail. But the Holy Spirit knows when you're talking to a CFO, he'll re begin to reveal people's hearts to you. And you'll answer questions that they haven't even spoken out of their mouth. So that's how powerful you are as a woman, okay? And the last scripture for this group of women, uh, the pop women, is Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. No matter how big or how small something is, God, you can still talk to the Lord about it. It can be the most minuscule thing or it could be the most extravagant thing, but you can talk to the Lord about it, okay? And one thing I need to do, uh, the Holy Spirit wanted me to just say, whoever has uh, guilt conscious, God wants to free you from guilt, Okay? Anything that, um, you know, your past or any experience or anything that's holding you down and keeping you in bondage, that's of the enemy. The enemy is the one that whispers things in our ears and tells you you're not worthy, you don't measure up. You know, they have this, what is it called, FOMA, the fear of missing out. A lot of the stuff you see on Facebook, it ain't real. It's not real. It's people, you know, just giving you a snapshot of their life because I'm one of them. It ain't all that real. But, you know... <laughs> We, we, we can't have that. God doesn't want us to have guilt, a guilt or a sin conscious. He wants us to be free. And no more feelings of, um, you know, you don't measure up or shame. And no more comparing yourself to other women. I want you to understand, you don't have to be jealous of anyone. You never have to be jealous of anyone. What God has for you is specifically for you. And the only person that can stop you is you. I used to think I had some real self-conscious issues because I was always uh, having business dealings with Caucasian men, and I felt very insecure. I mean, extremely insecure. And then I, I said, and then I heard uh, through a preacher, he said, God made you the color that you are to fulfill your purpose. I think I was 29 years old. I heard that word, and it set me free. I can go talk to any man, woman, the king, the queen, the president, 
and not feel inferior anymore. You know what I mean? I can, I can speak anywhere and not feel less than because that's a plot of the enemy. You know, you, you're, you're too short. You, you know, you're, you're, you're too brown. You're, you're, you know, you got short hair. Okay, thank God for weaves. Amen. But anyway, <laughs> okay. thank God for weaves. That, you all know what a weave is. But anyway, so he was always putting these little thoughts in my mind that I never measured up. But when I got set free, I said, Lord, I'm going to set any woman free that I can. God made you just the way you are. You're so necessary. You're the only fingerprint in the world. Out of the billions of people in the world, there's only one you. And you are needed. You are necessary. God loves you. He made you the color you are, your nose, your eyes. It's all beautiful, okay? We are all beautifully, as they stated, and fearfully and wonderfully made. So that's our season for the beautiful, bountiful season. And the next season, this is a fun, this is where I am. This is a season for 45 to 65. Has anybody heard where there's, what season they're in? Have you all heard what season? Yeah, 45, 65. Okay. This is your wealthy season. All right. Say, hey, 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 I'm 59. I'm, yeah, I'll be 59 in July. This is a wealthy season. Now, in the natural now, because I know this from finance, this is a season where you will make the most money in your life. 45 to 65, these are your earnings years, okay? Uh, you can look this up. This is where you're going to make the most money. This is where you, you know, you, where you, you single girls are coming and you're married women, you're getting there. But this is a season where you're going to reap the fruits of your labor, okay? You're, you're in your career. Amen, amen. This might be the season where your children are older. Uh, they're more independent. They even might still be at home, but they're more independent, <laughs> Uh, this is a season where you're going to accumulate financial wealth, spiritual wisdom, and understanding. And this is another season where women have their best orgasms. 45 to 65. Menopause. Postmenopausal. Best, 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 best sex ever. Okay? I call this your, everybody say, this is my pie season. Pie. You know what a pie is? The whole pie, not the pie, I mean, not the mathematical. This is your season of prosperity, influence, and execution. Say it again. Prosperity, influence, and execution. Now, prosperity means nothing missing, nothing broken. In your health, that's why the Lord's been speaking to me about my health. I have to exercise. I have to eat right. This is my season of being whole in every area of my life. Again, you come to this stage where you know who you are. You're not apologetic anymore. You know, you're not he and and han. It's not too much you can do. Your body's changing. You know, things are going down. But if you get on that treadmill, it'll, it'll come up a little bit. So, <laughs> and this is your season of tremendous influence. Everybody say influence. This is your time to influence younger women, uh, to reproduce yourself. The Lord spoke to me when I turned 50. He said, it's time, you know, your, your, your time is coming, Diane. It's time for you to reproduce yourself, meaning give yourself to others. Give yourself, give your knowledge, give your wisdom, give whatever you've learned. You know, I don't know it all, but whatever I've learned, I always tell my daughters, if I've walked through something, you don't have to walk through it. You don't have to make the same mistake I made. Sonny's my daughter. You're all my daughters while I'm speaking to you now. So if you can glean anything from my life, you take it and receive it, and it'll make you richer. We do a lot of this on, in the natural and business. I mentored a lot of young men uh, who have really done well, who have exceeded me because they take what I've given them 
you know, the sales training I've had, and they add it to what they have, and they're even greater. So this is your season where you you have influence, you have more confidence, um, you're to influence leaders of the next generation. And again, the Proverbs 31 woman, she reached this season in, in chapters 31, verses 13 through 7. She had seven, seven streams of income. So I want to share this with you, all of us. Say, say I can do more than one thing. I'm going to tell you real, you can do more than one thing, ladies. Amen. I'm not, you can, you can, you really, you're equipped to do more than one thing. This woman, she had a business, wait, well, I don't know, I don't have time to read it, but just read it. Read Proverbs 31, verse 13 through 17. She was a real estate broker. She had a vineyard. She was a philanthropist. Uh, she had witty inventions. Uh, she, I mean, I, I think I might have written it down. Oh, here it is. She, sorry about this. Okay, she, she was in trade and commerce. She, had a, she was a real estate broker. She was a fashion designer, and she was a philanthropist. Oh, this is in the Bible. This one woman, she did all these things. Uh, she was just uh, an amazing woman, and because she did it, everybody please, because she did it, I can do it too. Come on now. That, that really, you know, I used to think I wasn't going to ever be able to have a baby, and then I looked, I said, wait a minute, Lord, all these other women can do it. I can do it too. I mean, I was worried about, you know, pushing it out and all that. But anyway... <laughs> See, I told you I used to worry about everything, everything, anything and everything. I would be worried, oh, who's going to come through that door? But the Lord set me free. So anyway, <laughs> kind of silly. But anyway, yes, yeah, so this woman, she was a Kyle woman. That's what I want to tell you. She, Kyle means power. It means wisdom, wealth, power, strength, integrity, ability. Again, anything organized. Everybody say, anything organized becomes wealth. So that's why you have to get organized. So this, again, she was a powerful, powerful woman. And I'm going to wrap this up. The last season is age 70 to 120. I don't know if we have anybody here over 70, but we're all going to leave this earth unless the rapture comes. So at age 70, and the reason why I say 120, because after the flood, we know this in the Bible, man lived 120 years. So really, some of us is just kind of halfway there. I'm about three quarters of the way there. But you, you all, we can have a long life. Amen. God said he'll satisfy you with length of days and long life. So in your 70s, this is your golden season or your grand season, your honor, your season of honor and your season of answered prayer. Okay. This is your, when you're very mature, you're a grandmother, a great grandmother. Uh, you have wisdom. You have grace. Have you been around old people? They have so much grace. You know, their, their presence, you can just feel the strength when they come into the room. Uh, the scripture that I found is Luke chapter 2, verse uh, 36. It says, and there was one Anna, a prophetess, a daughter of Phanel of the tribe of Aser. She was of, she was of great age, and she lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow. And this woman, she, it says she was about 84 years old which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. So as we age, as we get older, we can spend more time in prayer, praying for our nation, praying for our, the loss, praying for our family, our relatives, our friends. We can get closer to God. Amen. If you need somebody, uh, if you really need a strong woman to pray with you, find an elderly woman in your church. See, we need all the generations. Find someone that can touch God. Amen. And I tell my mom, I said, Mama, you still here for a reason. She's 85. Her mind is sharp. So whenever I need a prayer, I say, Mama, you need to pray. And so that's who I go to for prayer. 
I say, Mama, I need you to pray for this. I need you to pray for it. And my mother has prayed all her children into the kingdom and her grandchildren. So an elderly woman, when we get to that age, we can almost taste heaven. So we will be able to hear from God. We'll be able to get our prayers answered. And another thing, when you're in this golden uh, era of your life, you're to leave a legacy. And I'm going to wrap this up. You're to leave a spiritual legacy and a financial legacy. Okay? The scripture says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, and the wealth of the, right, and the, wealth of the wicked is in store for the righteous. The most important part of that scripture is that a good man or a good woman will leave an inheritance. So what we're doing and what when we get older, we need to leave a legacy of finances for our children, okay? Because that's going to give them a kickstart and have a goal. You know, the Lord told me, set a goal that you want to leave financially for your children. They need that. And, and, and another thing I need to tell you as women, don't be afraid to make money. That's why I mentioned that billion dollars. I made a lot of money for other people. But now I'm going to make some money for my, and my children. Amen? So don't be afraid to make money. Don't be afraid if you make more money than your man. It's all right. It's all. You won. You won flesh. If he, <clears throat> when men make more money than women, it's not a big deal. But sometimes women feel that they can't make more money than a man. But that's not true. This woman was profitable. This Proverb 31 woman, she had so much going on, her husband just sat in the gate in transaction business, okay? It's in the word now. I'm not making this up. So <clears throat> the scripture says in, in 3 John 1, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So God wants you to prosper. He wants you to be rich. He wants you to have some righteous money. You hear me? Money, and, and money is not evil in itself. It's the love of money that's evil. Excuse me, but I always tell the children at the church, money in the hand of a righteous person becomes righteous money. And everybody raise your hand. Raise your right hand. Say, Lord, give me some righteous money. Righteous money for the kingdom of God. Amen. And if you're not tithing, I need you to ask the Lord to touch your heart and return your tithe, okay? Because that's how you get righteous money. You know, money grow. I'm a banker now. Money grows little by little. Okay, and I see people that have millions of dollars, and it grows little by little. They start small, and they grow like Facebook. I saw Facebook grow from a little room half this size to a big company. So money grows, and God wants, wants you never to be afraid to prosper. He wants you to prosper he, and be in health, even as your soul prospers, okay? Uh, in conclusion, he makes all things beautiful in his time. Every season of your life is a beautiful time for you to walk through. You're not to rush through it. You're not to run through it. You're to walk through it. You're to embrace it. You're to uh, be joyful and be giddy when you're young and single and beautiful and married to the Lord. And then that man, he said, oh, no, you want to, you know, he wants to do things with you. You said, no, 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 no. Just hear Sister Diane's voice say, lock it up, lock it up, lock it up. Lock it up. Say, I have to lock it up. And, and just put it on me. I, I told my daughters, if a boy say you want to, you know, get busy with you, say, my mama said I can't do that. Okay? So just say, Sister Diane said you can't do that. You got to put a ring on it. I'm just too precious to the Lord. Or say the Lord's, you know, you know, we won't dare say the Lord said it because we might be a little, 
you know, uncomfortable with that. But say, Sister Diane, I'm real. You can see me. You can touch me. Say, Sister Diane said, put a ring on it. All right? If you want this, you got to sacrifice. You got to commit. You got to enter into covenant, okay? So that's what God wants us to do. He wants our children to rise up and call us blessed. He wants us to be highly favored. He wants us to know that he will make all grace abound towards us. And one thing about a season, seasons do change, but God never changes. God is faithful. He knows how much you can bear. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your downfalls. He knows when you wake up in the morning. He's there. He's faithful, and he's consistent, and he is uh, a very present help in the time of trouble, okay? So I just want to say a prayer. Father, we just thank you. And we bless you, Lord. We pray that uh, these words were encouraging and they were your words. And they would go deep into the hearts of these beautiful women. Lord, let it produce fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you.